folks, uh, before we go on, I just want to check on some sports stats. You know, keep myself sharp here on the sports, and I'll use my computer and just go in here, and I'm going to check. Okay. Hello, KJ. Hey, good afternoon, David Roth. How are you, sir? I would like to personally welcome you to Too Much Dip, Monday, October 25th, 2021. Um, I'm doing great. I'm excited. It's, it's, it's the Dave and KJ show. Dylan is gallivanting across Mexico, as he often will do. Um, so it's just us two, just left to our own devices here to, uh, to podcast. And uh, you might be surprised to learn that KJ's in DeSoto, Texas, home of the Eagles. That I am. And uh, they may also be surprised to learn that it's been what? Uh, you know, I'd venture to say five, six years for you since someone's done a podcast and business casual uh, with you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is uh, standard for DDB uh, attire, maybe. This dude is doing business. Um <laughs> I got to ask, are you business casual top to bottom or are you just doing the classic work from home, got shorts on or no, nothing? No, I, I do pants, uh, just avoid any random camera faux pas, but I don't wear, sh I, I'll go just socks. Like I'm not going to walk all the way upstairs in my wow. own shoes or whatever. Uh, you know, wow. I usually lose the, the belt. Bad boy of biz cash. Yeah. And you go belt free just in case you got to, you know, <laughs> shout out Jeffrey Tubin. Um, Damn. That's, that's neither here nor there exactly. <laughs> I guess I should have had that ready on my own. Um, you want to tell the good people where they can reach us? Because one thing I, I try to hold myself accountable for is continuing to remind the people and remind you that dip tips are a thing. Is that what we call them? Call the dip line. That is a thing. <laughs> yes. Um, and here's the thing. I totally know the number off the top of my head, um, which is great, um, which is why I am not struggling at all right now to find that. Could I tell you uh, that it is one sec. eight, eight, I'm sorry, eight, three, 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 seven, one dip or eight, three, 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 seven, one, three, four, seven, seven. I cheated. Thank you. No, 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 that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I always, you know, it's one thing to have the the Patreon Friday voicemails number memorized, but just asking me to remember two numbers in 2021 is a little much. Not paid enough for that. Before um, um, before we get into the meat of today's content, and I'm doing something specific there, as it is uh, right in the thick of things here in Texas, a smoke boy season. We, mm. we, we haven't done smoke something bitch in quite some time, but meat smokers only is absolutely going off. So if you're not following the too much dip podcast at too much dip pod on Twitter, you definitely should also be following us on Instagram, but follow at meat smokers only on Instagram. Uh, there's a team working behind the scenes on a lot of good content. And I will tell you myself, I have uh, some things in, in store uh, to maybe get you ready to be ahead of the game for the Thanksgiving holiday. Because uh, I will say Ooh. that is my specialty, to step outside the box when it comes to getting some shit ready for Thanksgiving. Because you don't have to do your whole meal on the smoker, but you can do some real bad boy shit on the smoker, like some turkey stuffed bacon wrap pops, jalapeno poppers. Man, um, 
I'm looking at what we got posted yesterday. Uh, our friend Pete Hart, the cast iron skillet smoked shrimp looked just phenomenal. I saw that. I also am privy to the private information from Pete where he was flicking the needle of the uh, injector as if it were a dope needle. And I just could not stop laughing at that visual of somebody just flicking the needle <laughs> of the huge uh, uh, pork butt needle and just, you know, imagining them injecting it. But hey, you know, we've got uh, whatever it is, not chlorophyll, hydrochloroform or whatever. For those he was just trying to get the word out that we're back up. That's true. Get your shots of turkey basing. Anyhow, let's do that sports talk. You want to talk college football, NCAA specifically? I think we should talk American college football because I led into the week telling people it's an absolute garbage slate on the schedule. And uh, I stand by that. You know, starting bottom up, I know it's not on our list here and probably for good reason. Um, Ohio State, Indiana, night game, rain, terrible game. Indiana was down to like their fourth quarterback by the end of the game. Nobody needed to see that publicly. Um, oh. I do have a note here. Ohio State's sneaky, sneaky right there. Maybe only sneaky to us because, you know, we just have it out for the Big Ten and Ohio State specifically. But, um, that, that you know, they're, they're going to be right there, and that's going to make a lot of people mad, probably you because you're a hater. Of which there are many. We have one more show before the college football playoff rankings drop. I know it's been the default position of many members of this show, specifically those in Mexico, that rankings don't matter. Uh, This is the part of the year where they absolutely do matter. Um, To kind of go out of order here, Oklahoma struggling against Kansas. It was definitely the uh, people were grabbing the ball off the rack and dribbling behind the three-point line hyping up the crowd, ready to just absolutely Vince Carter dunk all over Oklahoma had they lost that game. Uh, Me and, being one of them. And then they won. It wasn't pretty. But uh, as you mentioned here, Bama did beat or did jump Oklahoma in the poll. I get it. Do I agree with it? Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if that's not Alabama, that's not happening, right? Um but that's that's kind of how it goes. It's entirely up, up to the voters. Um, OU just they have not had a start to finish good game on both sides of the ball the entire year. And uh, although Charlie Strong did meet his demise uh, in Lawrence, uh, you expect you expect better from uh, the great Lincoln Riley. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I, I couldn't. I, I saw where they opened up the gates at, at uh, in Kansas to uh, just let anybody in once the be, be, uh, upset alert was officially uh, that's awesome. upgraded to a warning. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great move. I'm wondering how they, do they go on the, uh, the tornado sirens and do like a, an announcement trying to get the people in there <laughs> or they just tweet it and hope people are following their Twitter. I think you just go down to free state brewing, shout out downtown uh, Lawrence, Kansas or whatever it's called in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, and just let people know there. Cause they do have a dupe, a dupe, a dope little bar scene. Uh, in Lawrence, I was lucky enough to go there some years back, like during the Christmas season or holiday season, I'll say, and crisscross like can lights in the middle of the street. Like that place looks awesome in the winter. Uh, so I'm glad they at least got a little taste of what success could be like for half of football. Cause you know, they haven't seen much else, um, regarding jumping Oklahoma. I respect it. Alabama's beat Florida and Alabama's beaten Ole Miss. Those are both reasonably strong wins. Their other non-conference win was against Miami. 
Michigan State's undefeated. They've also beat Miami. You know, now they're lacking the Florida or uh, Ole Miss uh, win. But I still feel like you kind of lean towards the undefeated team until things shake out, which it would change itself this week when we get Michigan, Michigan State. So, again, yeah. soapbox. It's not going to change. A, that would that's be a really feeling. good win. Yeah. And, and Michigan um, doesn't even have the, the Miami win, which we know isn't worth much, but Michigan doesn't even have that on their ledger. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in the Big 12, um, we got we to gotta pour one out for uh, Matt Wells. Uh, the now um, the now canned or sacked if you're across the pond uh, coach at Texas Tech we have a lot of listeners who are uh, proud and faithful Texas Tech alumni that are always super positive about what's going on in Lubbock and uh, it's a tough day for them I okay so let's put ourselves in the shoes of the very reasonable very logical Texas Tech Red Raider fan base when you're looking for your future head coach, I implore you to look back, to look forward, and recall what happened when you went and got Cliff Kingsbury to run your program. Great guy, great representative of the program, attracted a lot of attention, did some good things. Obviously, you cannot uh, argue with the success that he had with some of his quarterbacks, namely Patrick Mahomes, of course. He was Pat's coach, yeah, yeah. Um, and attracting other QB talent there. But ultimately, it did not yield the success that they wanted, and they eventually decided to part ways to go after Matt Wells. Let's not go back down that road and just getting nostalgic with the name of somebody who might have been affiliated with their program in the past. There's no reason to go down the road of, you know, uh, nobody comes to mind uh, immediately. But, like, I just... Are you thinking Graham Harrell, huh? You know, Graham's a great dude. He built the house that uh, is in Ennis, in Ennis, you know, state title many a times over. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe consider Graham. Maybe don't consider so, Sonny Dykes. How about that? Oh, okay. This seems, this seems like it's um, a, personal, a personal thing here. You know, it's the writing is on the wall. I don't, it's, it's, it'd be naive to say I don't see the reason. Um, Sonny Dykes, for those who don't know, is the head coach of SMU. He's done really well at getting us started quick. We've had rough finishes the last couple of years, but he's performed at a high level. He didn't do very, he didn't do great at Cal. Was he Jared Goff's coach? Uh, that is a good I question. I think Tedford probably was. I don't think those dates would add up, but maybe. I feel um, like he didn't have, they didn't give him enough at Cal. Yeah. Like, I he, feel like he didn't have enough time to establish anything, but. Frankly, frankly, Cal doesn't care about football long enough to really see anything through like that. But I will say that isn't it funny to think about like Cal Berkeley and some of the first names you think of, like not first names, but some of the biggest names in their entire history are Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch and Aaron Rodgers, of course. And don't forget about Kyle Bowler. But like you don't think of them as like, oh. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Cal Berkeley. Like Cal Berkeley is one of the most prestigious universities we have in this country. And you got Deshaun Jackson as like one of your most notable alumni, <laughs> maybe not an alumni, but still no offense. Yeah. Um, no offense. Um, but you know, Aaron, Aaron Rogers is, is not, you know, just because he doesn't speak to his family. Um, doesn't mean he's a bad guy. That's true. He is. He is Mr. Jeopardy, huh? He, yeah, he could have been. The, that, were people overrating that, by the way? Yeah, I mean, 
It wouldn't have made I know more you people watch a lot of Jeopardy. Exactly. I um, people are overrating the Jeopardy fandom. Like, okay, get I get it. It's a cool show. It's it's like five blue check marks on Twitter. Uh, a sneaky name. Look out for Kendall Bryles. I like that idea. Because you know, if they could, if they could, they would go get Art Bryles. They would absolutely do it. Um, and I bet there's a number of people who want to bring Kendall in there. You think he brings his cab wristbands? You got to think so. You got to think wristbands and flat bills and fitted caps that are pulled down unnecessarily low over the face would all be included in that deal. Because when I think uh, Lubbock, I think school where you want to look like you wakeboard on the weekends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, they did pretty well with, uh, who was it, B.J. Simmons? That's they, true. They had some quarterbacks that looked like the most Texas Tech quarterbacks, B.J. Simmons being my favorite one, uh, just a Houston suburb king. Sonny Cumbie is, uh, speaking of B.J. Simmons, I, I don't know if Cumbie preceded or followed, uh, but Sonny Cumbie's been named the interim. So hopefully that works out. He did a really good job of being the co-OC for TCU in some of their productive years uh, when they were running quarterbacks through who were also getting busted for felony possession. But um, I wow. think he has potential to, to have some success. Or he should have gone sooner. I think Texas tried to lure him away from TCU two or three years ago. And he just didn't make the jump. And I feel like that was a mistake because he stayed on one year too long at, at, at TCU, went to Tech with Wells ending. And I think that's part of why you want to fire Matt Wells midseason so that you give Sonny Cumbie a shot. And I have a feeling that if he shows some positivity, maybe he gets uh, Ruffin McNeil, you get a one-year deal if they can't go out and land a big fish next year uh, kind of situation. So let's let's well, shift off. Just- oh, go ahead. He was playing backup guitar for Gary on some of Gary's biggest hits, right? I think he was on the drums, but yes. Oh, okay. Uh, In regards to the two, I would say, bigger games this weekend from a headline perspective, um, do you want to stick in the Big 12 or do you want to get into the cluster F that is the Big 10? Let's go Big 10. People, People are tired of the Big 12 stealing all the headlines. It's funny you say that because I feel like Monday, or actually, no, it'd be this show. Michigan, Michigan State next week, I'm excited for. Uh, If you follow our good friend Brad James from Internet Party, a Michigan alum, or follow Internet Party in general, John Duda, Michigan State alum, uh, they bring up this uh, rivalry quite frequently, but in fact, it's it's almost the ideal level of fandom that like I appreciate in college football or college football in general. Um, no offense to our friend down in Mexico, but I would say the position of like, I don't want to engage because I will overreact to any shit talking. I, you know, uh, I, I agree. It's not worth it. There's no good outcome in shit talking in college football, but I think Brad and John handle it perfectly. Talk a little shit, but call out the weirdos who take it way too seriously. Um, a pod divided. Yes. So what Brad did, which got me on that thought is uh, he mentioned how many people were overreacting to this upcoming game like weeks ago, um, which I appreciate, but it's got me torqued. I know that's not where you're going with this. A lot of people (laughs) have complained about the fact that we haven't given the Big Ten as much attention as it deserved when two weeks ago they had five teams in the top 11. I'm not saying we were only focusing on the good teams because heaven knows we, uh, we, we talked a lot about Texas over the last few weeks. 
but we we knew that the five and eleven wasn't going to wasn't going to happen. Like you know, they were going to self cannibalize. Some paper tigers going to be exposed. Iowa already out. Penn State, Illinois, shouldn't have even been a game that we're talking about. Yet here we are. A 10-10 game going into overtime. 10 points. I thought this game was in Champaign for Penn State to be struggling that much. Was it? I'm pretty sure this was in uh, Happy Valley. Um, I, I don't want to put you on the spot there, but from what I recall, this was a home game on top of all of this. Let's see. Yeah, first Illinois. Oh, Illinois, who lost to freaking... I shouldn't say freedom because we'll talk about UTSA later, but like first year for Brent Belima, it's their backup quarterback already. And it sounds like they lost their backup quarterback in the game and they ran all over Penn state running back had 223 yards, 33 carries and a touchdown in the game uh, against Penn state. And that's just embarrassing when you're a big, tough, big 10 team. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Illinois was like the first. Was that the was that the kickoff game? Was it Illinois Nebraska? And they beat Nebraska. Um, they beat Nebraska, and we're. I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody was overreacting, but you're. You're kind of like, well, that's that's not a bad win at all, you know. I was happy for um, Lovey Smith, and everybody let me know he yeah. was in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was bad. Um, this is kind of a game I was oblivious to because I I just did not expect to even watch it did we bet this did we do this in dip picks i don't think we did there's again no reason that anyone should have had to talk about it yeah but here we are questioning the validity of our uh revised overtime rules um as what did we get what's the stat 10 consecutive missed uh two-point conversions so let's walk back a, a brief step so what was it four years ago five years ago when was AM LSU when they went to like six overtimes and it was basically the equivalent of another quarter and a half and they had just so many injuries that they said they had to fix it uh, whatever it was it was like a 70 to 68 game not what you want to see for college football players like playing that much football NFL doesn't even do that they call it a tie after one quarter and it's an abbreviated quarter and that's it Playoffs, you just haven't you haven't seen a double overtime that often for it to get changed. But the college football previously was you trade opportunities from the twenty-five of running, you know, basically four downs and get your first down, continue on until you score, or you don't score. And first team to score a touchdown or after the first series to score a touchdown or you know, come out on top, done. They changed it to what? You have two series, basically uh first overtime. Normal, start at the 25, both teams get an opportunity. Second series, both teams get an opportunity, but you have to go for two. Third overtime, you just start from the two and you just run a two-point conversion play and you get one, one chance. And then the other offense comes on and it's just going back and forth. And so they missed it yeah. for five straight overtimes or six straight? I don't know. Uh, well, Or they yeah, missed five so, and, and then, then they, they both got they eventually- it. Yeah, I think in the eighth overtime, they both traded two-point conversions. Um, but um, I like the logic. I was Because I was reading more into this because I'd forgotten about that LSU A&M game, and I was reading kind of the reasoning behind changing a, uh, the rules. And it's basically the funny part is like trying to have less plays to prevent injury. <laughs> and it's just the logic. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We need to do less of this really dangerous thing that we do for – uh, four quarters like it, it and I guess I mean it works right it's like yeah I guess you're minimizing risk if you have less of it but it's just 
it's the funny uh, inherent uh, acknowledgement of, of the danger of the sport. It's well, just, you know, this ain't good for you, but can do just, uh, you know, a little rain edge just a little bit, not all of it. We love it too much for you not to have the risk, but not, not all of it. Don't get crazy. Yeah. Hey, 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 come on. <laughs> so yeah, what could be called a historic game, I guess, just cause it's the first time this rule has come up and kind of taken to this extent. It's just still silly to me to see a 20 to 18 final score and then them call it nine overtimes. Maybe just change the phrasing so my simple man brain can kind of wrap itself around it. But I, I just, you know, uh, I'm old school in that matter. I, I like that they're trying something new. Uh, I think my only argument might be it would change the dynamic of, like, them not getting it if they backed it up and said, okay, we're going to start at the 40, and it's the first team to accumulate 10 yards or whatever, six yards, set the mark, but allow for teams to run longer plays than they are condensed in the end zone. Cause it's a whole different game when you're playing from the two yard line. If anything, like I might voluntarily take a delay a game after three missed attempts to be able to run a different play that develops a little bit more from the seven. Interesting. Uh, surely that's been done because that does open it up more. I don't um, know. Maybe we'll have to ask Pulaski Academy to game that out for us. <laughs> Dude, shout out. I'm down to I'm down to just make it seven on seven. Just yeah. just go seven on seven after like four failed overtimes. I don't hate it. Go NHL. Go NHL. Open it up. Make it about the scoring. Whatever. I don't hate it. Maybe even go padless uh for those overtimes. It, it, that would be bad. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We don't we don't do dangerous stuff, that much of it. <laughs> I just want to see the equipment guys scramble to like reconfigure the equipment on their starting quarterback into one of those like padded seven on seven helmets and then like breaking out the dry fit uniforms for overtime and then just rolling oh, out there sick. and doing a seven on seven quarter. Um Okay, Oregon also beat UCLA uh, out in the West. Kayvon Thibodeau still still a thing, still likely the number one overall pick. Dropped an f bomb in his post game interview. Um, Bad boy. Do you want to see Oregon in the conversation for playoffs towards the end of the year? I do. Um, from a uniform perspective, and I just like the vibe. I've always, I've never been like a, a, there's been a lot of people who've jumped on the Oregon bandwagon that have no connection. Um, I watch them and generally pull for them just because I think that they were so fun back in, I mean, even like the Mariota days, um, they were just a fun, they're always a fun team to watch. And now the rest of college football is kind of playing that style um, for the most part. And it's not as like unique anymore, really, but that I, I still pull for them and I wouldn't mind to see it. They, I mean, what's their, their best wins? What Ohio state that, that win only looks better as it goes on. So, yeah, they dropped a game to Stanford, which again, if you're going to forgive the loss by Alabama to Mississippi or to A&M because A&M has picked up some okay wins like Oregon, I would say might have a stronger argument when they've beat Ohio state. Who's the fifth ranked team, you know, frankly, Florida and Mississippi, like Florida's not, uh, are they ranked now? They might've crept. No, 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 they're not. Uh, yeah, Florida's not ranked. Ole Miss got, is, is ranked 10th in some polls. So I know that, that that's what's propping up Alabama. I just don't think it justifies a four-spot, five-spot difference between the two teams currently, but whatever. Um, this isn't an anti-Alabama take. It's just, uh, you, know, uh, you know, keep uh, if we're going to keep this field open, 
give me a reason why we've got Oregon, you know, that far behind uh, some one-loss teams, especially, I don't know, a one-loss team that they beat. Ohio State's ranked above them. That's, that just makes no sense. Oh, that's, that's uh, Baylor TCU from a few years ago. Correct. Correct. Like a decade ago, actually. It wasn't even recent. Uh, and then speaking of the Big 12, last thing, uh, you did have the undefeated, the Pokes, the Cowboys, Oklahoma State falling in Ames to Iowa State. Uh, Vegas, what did Vegas was given was they, wait, Iowa State was laying seven at home, right? Like mm-hmm. this was such a weird line, I think. I think, uh, but they had it, and um, here we are. It was the Oklahoma most State one loss. Yeah, the most Mike Gundy week and game that you could expect in the outcome, because like Mike Gundy's whole. Pl- record is almost a Jason Garrett-esque plus a win uh, experience at Oklahoma State. Win one big game, be just above average enough to have what was announced last week, his perpetual five-year contract just rolled over into another five years. When coming into the year, he was on everybody's list of quote-unquote being on the hot seat because this was the final year of his contract. And T. Boone Pickens has passed, and so they didn't know if like some booster shakeup was going to change the dynamics of Oklahoma state football. I truly believe that if Boone was still around, uh, you would not have seen this. I don't think, I think toward the end there, it was not a good relationship. Just speculating. I, I feel like uh, you're probably not far from the truth and just given where they were last summer and some of the missteps that Gundy had, not even missteps. It, it wasn't so much unfair to him, but just some of the, situations that unfolded with that team, like being brought into question by your players, Chuba Hubbard ultimately backing him. Like it wouldn't have hurt to have a different voice in the room, but I don't know that there are a ton of candidates out there for some of these bigger college football jobs. Like Texas tech's going to find out that people are running out to go hire. One of them, Jeff trailer of UTSA undefeated mm. go Roadrunners. I, I thought for sure that would be a really good game. Louisiana Tech, they're a team that they have a good program, and they lost two close games, and it was not a close game at all. UTSA is legit. They've got UTEP this weekend, and UTEP's good. I don't think they're at UTSA's level, but they're a one-loss team. Um, So that's kind of – it's fun having different schools in Texas pop up. Maybe one day it'll be that team in San Marcos. Probably not. Um, But – you know, because we just recruit transfer portal guys. Um, I don't know. It, it's a fun story. I'm glad to see they're they're getting their due nationally. Uh, you know, I think they. I mean, they've they've been ranked the last couple of weeks, and um, God, I don't know what the, their schedule. I don't know who who's even going to give them a game outside of UTEP. Uh, I feel like their biggest game, UTSA, is uh, UTEP is I think the biggest in conference, but they have a uh, non conference game on the on not non conference a. Uh, Potential conference championship game, I think, is is the next question. Because they've got Southern Miss after that. UAB is talented, but they're not good this year. UNT is going to be an embarrassment. I'll be shocked. Another Texas Tech former uh, uh, coaching staff member from my years, Seth Luttrell, whose name was up for all kinds of big jobs in the past after being a OC at North Carolina to taking the UNT job. And then he got interviewed for the Texas Tech job when Matt Wells got it. And he maybe had a couple other interviews out there, and he should have jumped ship when he did because he's won, like, two games since. Uh, but, yeah, for their uh, Conference USA um, – sorry, I'm, I'm stammering here, but trying to figure out the freaking 
other half of Conference USA uh, because their championship game is the only other potential threat for them. But uh, what I will add on that while I'm getting to this point is that uh, the game is in El Paso. And if you've never seen mm. UTEP Stadium, it's one of the more attractive or interesting stadiums in the country because it's kind of built into the mountains of El Paso out there in West, just West Texas. Um, Do you remember a few years ago, you weren't on the team, this is after your time, but the, when Tech went out there and there was a lightning delay and it went on for hours, I'm pretty, I'm almost positive this is Tech. And it was just, it was really cool because you just, you just had a game in the, like in a, a bowl on the side of a mountain, basically. And just nobody was there. And, and nobody was there. And <laughs> I think somebody might have, was that the game that somebody was getting, in, getting a hange on the, uh, on the big grassy hill overlooking the stadium? A lot going on. I might Maybe. be conflating multiple things. Maybe a movie I saw. <laughs> they do have a, uh, a cool scene. Like I think Mizzou's M is pretty cool. Like everybody kind of has a hill or a lot of places have a hill. Mizzou's rock M is pretty cool. Um, because they're, you know, their fans pack it out. SMU's, you know, whatever. It's like the one thing we try to sell people on. But El Paso has people just sitting up, like in the mountain watching the game. Like it, it's just very strange to see. Like they'll be posted up against rock, not in the stadium, just kind of in the position to watch the game. And it's like, all right, pretty dope. It looks like they've got a nice little like sniper spot looking over the airport, just kind of posted, waiting on the smoke to move. It's all, you know, Call of Duty talk for those out there who don't uh, participate. FAU is the wow. potential challenger from the other side of Conference USA. Usually talented team, future uh, American Athletic Conference uh, foe as well. And then Charlotte 49ers uh, are second place on the eastern coast, eastern side. So I guess I was thinking FAU, but they're not as strong as they have been in the past. Anywho, let's plug forward. Let's, uh, yeah, you want to move on? Yeah. I think that was quite extensive. We did good. Um, do you mind if we skip around and talk World Series? Because I'd like to introduce our next sponsor, Odyssey. Because there's nothing like a great postseason run. Five years ago, the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs, had a magical campaign to a World Series championship, and a 108-year-old curse was lifted. The new podcast, The Run, relives the 2016 postseason game by game, all the drama on the field and off, plus interviews with players, coaches, and celebrity Cubs fans. I'm wondering if Vince Vaughn will be in that. I don't know. He came up on circling back today. I'm just asking questions. That series, uh, the series is not just about baseball, but about what it meant to the city of Chicago and why that Cubs team captivated the nation in the fall of 2016. It features inside stories from general manager Theo Epstein, manager Joe Madden, Game 7 hero David Ross, as well as celebrity Cubs fans and more. It's hosted by Matt Spiegel of Chicago's The Score and Roy Wood Jr. of The Daily Show, who were there for all the games leading up to the epic Game 7. That's the run from Odyssey and Major League Baseball. Listen and follow the Odyssey app on the Odyssey app or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, really. What is going on in Kansas City as we pivot to the NFL? Um, it's uh, – I've seen a lot of the um, – People are really overusing uh, GIFs uh, in reference to the Chiefs. Are we talking Chiefs now? We are, are talking, talking Royals. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of dumpsters are being on fire, things like that. Um, it looks really bad. The line doesn't look good, and their defense is just a disgrace. Um, I, I had that game wrong, I, as I did very, very many games. Um it doesn't look good, man. Mahomes is getting dinged up. He get hit a lot in when he was in Lubbock. Um, 
I feel like he was perpetually in like a walking boot or like a shoulder sling or just had some, something going on. And, um, that was like pretty much the only thing I thought that could derail, uh, the chiefs dynasty. And, uh, it kind of looks like it's happening, but I'm, I don't know. The Cowboys have a game looming in, uh, at Arrowhead in a few weeks. And I'm not going to say that I'm not going to dance on their grave yet. I'll put it that way. Fair. I think that, um, the injuries they've had in the backfield have played into it. I know Clyde Edwards Hilaire's missed a game or two. Uh, you already mentioned the offensive line, which they had the audacity to beat, uh, or not to beat, to completely retool their offensive line in the offseason. They traded Eric Fisher, I believe, to the Colts, if I recall correctly, um, but traded their starting left tackle who missed the Super Bowl. Um, parted ways, I believe, with the right tackle and just had movement all around on that offensive line. So it's like, yeah, you did do a lot to try to beef it up, but surprise, surprise, when it doesn't work out, it's a problem. The bigger issue that they are going to have is I think everybody's looking at their division and thinking like, hey, this is the toughest division to be in and struggling, which I would have agreed at the beginning of the year if you told me, hey, Chiefs are going to stumble to three and four, um, seven games in, but... The Chargers are good. I don't think they're quite where they need to be. They could put it together. They got 10 games left or whatever, and they were on a bye. But, uh, or do they play tonight, I think, maybe? I don't know. Um, but either Seahawks, way. Seahawks, uh, Saints. Tonight? Okay, yeah, you're right. So, Chargers are on a bye. But the, um, the Raiders don't have a coach. Who knows what they are? They still have a lot of talent, and they're still a sound team. Um, Darren Waller didn't even play, and they still had a pretty productive offense. Uh, last week. And I don't think the Broncos are something to really be worried about. So if we're saying that all the chiefs have to do is piece it together enough to come out of their division and be ready for playoffs. I'm confident that Andy Reid can figure that out. Now they're, they're not hitting as many deep plays or big explosive plays as they do in the past. I don't know if injuries play into that or if people are just finally catching up to them. Um, but I, I, like I said, I'm not ready to dance on their grave. I think more than that, I'm still confident that they'll be able to sneak into the playoffs um, once things shake out and, you know, all it takes, give them a shot. Man, uh, yeah, you don't want to be that high seed that ends up having to play Kansas City. Like, a, you know, who's figured it out. Like, when, you know, wins wins like five out of six to close the season. Like the Bills. Um, and then Exactly, exactly. Um, but I mean, that, that's juicy as hell. I want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Bengals beat the Ravens and beat the breaks off of them. Um, I'll go first here. I picked the Bengals, so I can't say I was entirely shocked. Obviously a little bit of that was fading. Not because I think the Bengals are a better team than the Ravens, but I think the Ravens are a very high performing team who've had to be at like 110% to win. Their last, whatever, they were 6-1 and one coming into this, and they've had to absolutely go above and beyond to win those games. And, you know, a little bit of that magic ran out. They're banged up even more so, like running back number four um, was hurt this game, so I think they started Devontae Freeman. I think Latavius Murray might have been out or, you know, hampered for this game. So they've been piecing it together, and it's been working, but that, that was going to run out at some point. So I'm not surprised to see them drop a game. I am surprised to see just how incredible – Jamar Chase is performing this early in his career. Yeah. Um, I kind of, after the draft, I was kind of annoyed and rolling my eyes at all the people like talking about the, uh, 
Joe Burrow, LSU Connect with Jamar Chase and the chemistry and thinking like, I mean, really, like once they get into, they're not running the same offense. I mean, what are they? But I guess there's something to it. I, I don't, I don't know. That it's it's crazy to me. I did not see this coming. Uh, I'm just happy Burrow's playing at a high level after the uh, the injury because I I, that, I was worried we'd never hear from him again. Honestly, like when that first happened, it looked like something you don't really come back from. It was a knee, right? Yeah, it was bad. It was just more like pile tackle fell into his knee and you know down and out. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to see that they're doing well. I don't know that anyone before this season was going to run out and say Zach Taylor was the answer at head coach. So if this gets him a little bit more time to give a stable system to the quarterback, great. I've got no interest in seeing coaches run off. I think what impacts a quarterback's career more than anything is just the number of transitions at coordinator at coach. You know, you look at teams like the Cowboys, the reason they wanted to keep uh, Kellen Moore theoretically was so that they kept consistency for the uh, quarterback. So I think that's something that other teams could benefit from, but um, AFC North is, uh, you know, the, I guess the Browns have fallen off the map there. That would have been what really was the cornerstone, not cornerstone, but really the uh, third piece to calling it the toughest division. Who am I missing in the North? Oh, the Steelers, which, you know, they're, they're down this year too. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a, kind of a meh day yesterday. Um, all around NFL wise. I mean, that I think I was watching more formula one than, uh, than games, sadly. Um, last note Pretty I have, for, yeah, I don't, I don't fault you there for the NFL is just the, the Watson thing that we'll, we'll touch on too, but the team, one of the teams interested potentially in, in Watson is the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores. I believe they're three years now into Brian Flores' contract there. They won 10 games last year, overperformed from a turnover standpoint. Had a couple of takeaways yesterday. Two of three for four touchdowns, but he also threw two picks. One really bad, one not as bad. Um, the amount of difficulty it is to like feel like you're in a program that's been snake-bitten and then turn it around and show success, like it just goes to show like, I mean, oh, it's not easy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you've got a franchise potential level quarterback. I don't think everyone's convinced on Tua, but you've got enough there to work with. You've got a quality defense, and you're just not getting it done. And I don't think that anyone would go out and say that Brian Flores is a bad coach. Uh, but just something's not clicking. Back-to-back weeks with heartbreaking field goal losses to otherwise not that good teams in Atlanta and Jacksonville. Like that just that sucks. Like those are two wins that could have helped prop them up to be relevant um, in a, a division, you know, that outside of uh, the Bills ain't got much. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I don't know what Watson's got, Deshaun Watson, um, but I feel like he's not turning that thing around. Um, and. Uh, Another thing on him, like everybody's throwing Carolina in there. Obviously, like so, Darnold got benched. They're they're on like a what a four game skid. Um, the Panthers, that is. My question is like so, Matt Rule. I know a, quite a bit about Matt Rule from his time at Baylor. Um, does he want Deshaun Watson? He he holds himself. He's a very um, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but he's a very religious guy. He seems to be the guy who wants the right guys in the locker room. Does he want that? And would he have any say, really? Um, I guess the caveat there might be 
I mean, a you play if you if you want to incorporate the religious part, you you know you play the forgiveness aspect, um, and then B agree. I agree with you on who I perceive him to be. If you pay attention to uh, Matt Rule when you're when when they're playing or when he's on TV, not only will you see his poor taste in tops or smocks or sweaters, <laughs> um, yeah, or similarities to Kevin James. But he's often tailed by an older gentleman whom I believe is his father, correct? And who I understand is a pastor, like is at his side. Like there are many coaches who, um, it always comes back to Gary. Gary Patterson has somebody who was hand, will hand him like a full beach towel to wipe off his sweaty head and visor <laughs> during games. Mike normally Leach, a young lady. normally a young lady, but you know, that's the, neither here nor there. Mike Leach usually has somebody right behind him. That's like handling the headset equipment. A lot of coaches have that person, but you'll notice the people who have a tail. Matt rules is like an 80 year old gentleman who does not hold any clipboards, who does not hold, have a hat or anything that makes him look hats, make you look official, I guess uh, in no way, shape or form. looks like he has a responsibility with the game. But he's just like in his back pocket the whole time. And from what I understand, Matt Rule also has his dad there. Like if he was to swear, like apparently Matt Rule is one of those guys who just doesn't cuss. Like his dad calls him out for that. So I agree. Um, But all of that's assuming when this shakes out, which there's way more smoke than I ever want to speculate on. That's why we haven't really gone into that story much. Um, If it shakes out that it's just that it's not as factual as uh, it could appear or the facts are a little bit more um, opaque or, you know, it's, it's not as clear as we think it is, but we have to err on the side of like Deshaun Watson hasn't done anything wrong enough for us to like ostracize him. I don't see why not. I don't think it's uh, absurd to sign him and put him on your bench until you find out. Sure. I mean, it's all about what you want to give up. Um, to get, get that guy. I'm very curious to see what that haul would look like given everything. But like, I, I don't know. I know there was a, they were very close to a settlement in some of the cases cause it's all civil right now. And um, there was the big holdup was confidentiality, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is a nice bargaining chip if you are the uh, plaintiff's attorney. Um, so I don't know. Um, settling like 22, was it 21, 22? 22. 22. Civil, I mean, you're damn near it's class just, action. It's so many. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's a, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's unbelievable. Minus the I don't CL. Know. Uh, I know Matt, uh, at the end of the day, I, I might be giving Matt rule too much credit, but I'm just, I'm very curious. Cause he's a guy who he preaches one thing and wants the right guys. And you know, the reason he didn't take the jets job, they wouldn't let him bring his guys in. Right. Um, which looked like a terrible move by the jets and yet <laughs> another one. And just a history of terrible moves, but I don't know. That's all I got on Watson. Well, I couldn't be more excited to talk about our next sponsor because as somebody who works from home, utilizes two separate computers, and uh, on occasion will have to look up people I'm not as familiar with, or maybe I am familiar and I want to search it, and it's it's holiday season. Maybe we'll, we'll go that route. Maybe I want to be looking up Christmas gifts for my wife, and I don't want her to see it in mm-hmm. my browser history. Well, sure. You know. I know most of you probably think it's something else, but, you know, go incognito mode. But that doesn't hide it, you know, not just from Mm. people in your house, from your ISP or from anywhere else from being tracked. Your internet service provider can see every single website that you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I don't go online without using ExpressVPN. 
It doesn't matter who your ISP is. That's Internet Service Provider, KJ. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your Internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. It also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have it on. True story. It runs seamlessly in the background. It's easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. It's available on all devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with VPN with the VPN rated number one by CNET. Visit my exclusive link, our exclusive link. How about that? ExpressVPN.com slash bang. And you can get an extra three months free for a one-year package. That's ExpressVPN.com slash bang. ExpressVPN.com slash bang to learn more. Yeah. Very cool. Well, this is the time of year that... Um, you know, as somebody who's talking sports on a regular basis in a format structured to be a podcast, I can think of no better time to be here doing just that and nowhere else in the world that I might want to be because of the number of sports that are going on right now. <laughs> it's busy season, as they might call it in the uh, sports podcasting biz, because the NBA is not only back, but it's back with all the worst reactions that you could ever ask for. Uh, and I'm not saying that doesn't include us. Um, I'm ready to blow up the Mavs. I'm ready to blow it all up. Jake Kidd was a terrible hire. Doesn't know what he's doing. He's kind of being a smart ass to the media, like two games in. Uh, he's starting Dwight Powell. He's posting up Dodo. It's Dorian Finney-Smith, if you don't know the nicknames. I'm sorry, are you on uh, no, your... Uh, Stepmaster right now? Dodo. Yeah, Dodo. <laughs> um, yeah, it's no, I'm the I, I knew going into Atlanta, um, who's got basically the same team back, um, and just coming off an, a class like a, just an insanely good year where they I think they overperformed and they have a better roster than the Mavs right now, way deeper. Um, I did not expect the Mavs to go in there and, and win that game. I also didn't expect them to just get absolutely demolished but um that was the first game of the kid era i'm winning i'm willing to uh give him some time as many people should uh there's a nice win in toronto a couple nights later they got houston at home or houston tonight i think it's houston i don't know they got somebody tonight or maybe it's tomorrow home opener but um it's i'm not completely pivoting to nba yet um to where i'm like watching games late at night but i did watch some of the warriors uh, and that team, that looks like a team that's going to be uh, a top six seed. Probably, I think I might have uh, told uh, Jack Hammer, Dan Regester, our guest of last week, I think I told him at a Halloween party over the weekend that thought the Warriors were going to be a top four seed, which is uh, pretty bold, but they're I, good. The West is crowded and really good, but I think it's open. I do not disagree with you there at all. Um, quick note on the Atlanta Hawks roster. They absolutely have a better or better roster than the Mavericks, but a lot of that comes from the fact that they were able to draft and stash Cam Reddish for essentially a year and a half, and then he came on late for them last year and is absolutely going to deliver. Um, and then they've got Kevin Herter, um, and then what is a uh, big guy's name? I, it always escapes me. Um, I've got it Collins. right here. Not Collins, but uh, Clint Capella. I think he's a mm -hmm. very talented you know, singular use off ball screen or not off balls. Yeah. Off ball screen, uh, pick and roll guy. Um, 
I'm, I'm saying two different things, but off-ball pick-and-roll player that like absolutely causes matchup problems for most of the NBA. And if there's a team that should be designed to defend a player like that, in ideal mode, it's the Mavericks. And the fact that they absolutely could do nothing to impact that does not make me optimistic. He was 6-for-6 six six from the field, 11 rebounds. Um, uh, yeah, 13 total rebounds, 11 defensive rebounds, and a couple blocks. Like him being plus 17... Uh, Trey Young being plus 21, Bogdanovich being plus, like all of them and plus minus their entire team of their starting five, and then Cam Reddish and uh, Gorgie Dang were all in the positive uh, in their plus minus comparisons. Like that's the team you want to be if you're the Mavericks. That's who you're shooting to be, an absolute superstar surrounded by a bunch of mid-level guys with the exception of KP, and they're just not, it's clear they're not that. Uh, So I agree. Uh, Jay Kidd's not the person to make them that. I don't see that happening. Um, shifting gears a little bit to other overreactions. Is Clay Thompson coming back this year? I think he's at some oh. point this year is going to play again, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and right now his, his headlines are basically him being salty about the NBA 75, top I, 75 list. But the 77 jersey thing was funny. I thought that was good. The last thing you want that is that that team good. to be having fun and like unified, because like the fact that they're going through or they were going through the same crap, not crap, going through the same things with Andrew Wiggins that the Nets are going through with Kyrie, and they figured out a way to get him on board and to buy in. Obviously, Wiggins does not have the influence and level of pool that Kyrie does, but they figured it out, and they're going to add Clay later in the year. I agree, top four. Might even want to look at some other future bets out there to you know sprinkle some money around. They're going to be exciting. Um, Big boy stacks. And I'll say uh, no more than you know, back-to-back years with a lower uh, a low seed for the uh, Lakers. Uh, at best, six, seven, eight. They're going to be close to whatever play-in game again. At best, um, it's I just don't see it being sustainable. And I don't think it's Russell Westbrook. I just don't think the magic of like buying in and all in team mentality that like that's going to win them some games, but they're not going to beat the teams they need to beat. Yeah. Um, Mello, I guess Mello, Mello was pretty good last night, but it's that team. That team is, they can't do anything without it being the biggest story in the NBA. So just being under that microscope has got to be so stressful. And I, I cannot, we're going to get some great sound bites out of Russ this year. And I cannot wait. Yeah. It's, I like, I, well, I, I don't know why I didn't like Carmelo when he's in New York. I didn't really have a reason to like, not like him, but I really liked him in Denver. Didn't care for him in New York. And maybe it was because I felt like, uh, Lynn, Jeremy Lynn, uh, should have got more time to cook. And Melo was not having that. Um, I don't even know if I'm getting my, my timelines mixed up, but either way, Mellow outside of New York, I've been a fan of, so I'm happy to see he's still doing it in, in 19 years in. Um, NBA, anything? Oh, well, I mean, we don't have to talk Kyrie, but um, the Nets, the Nets do not look good. They kind of look like a mess. You've got the the um, speaking of uh, updated rules. Um, you have the um, non basketball move fouls. We've got um, oh, less yeah, fouls point. being called across the board. We got Harden shooting less free throws through like two or three games. That's we'll see what that looks like in a month. But uh, he's already getting asked about it. Steve Nash is saying he was the poster child for the rule. He's not mad about it, but he is talking about it. And uh, 
I don't know, a player of his caliber. It shouldn't completely take him out of games. I think they'll figure it out. But the Kyrie thing is such an albatross. <laughs> I, I laughed at the beginning and, and on regarding the foul rule. I'm not a James Harden defender or hater or anything like that, but I'm hoping that both he, Trey Young, and Luca don't pay an additional price because they were oftentimes the focal point of people who benefited from um, drawing fouls of that nature. So I'm hoping that down the line they don't get kind of like Shaq wouldn't get called for some fouls against him because he was a bigger guy. I hope that they don't get yeah. you know screwed on this because they were targeted to be – you know, uh, the problem children, uh, so to speak, on that foul. Uh, Kyrie, whatever. It's their money. I don't care. It's not my job to make sure they get the return on their money. Uh, but I do think it's laughable to see a headline that uh, protesters attempt to storm Barclay Center uh, to defend Kyrie Irving. Knowing damn well if there's anywhere in the world Kyrie ain't, it's in the Barclay Center. Like, Doesn't I know. He live like, there? Like, what the fuck I mean, are y'all doing? Like, what, like, they're going to get in there and be like, all right, yeah, we made our point. By the way, uh, unless I've missed it, is it a shocker that, that Kanye, uh, or Ye for short, has not spoken out one way or the other on the vaccine? Doesn't he seem prime, like, to, to have just an absurd opinion on it? Like, just whatever way it goes. I feel like early on he might have, but isn't that what gave him the uh, skin tone change? I saw that he, like... <laughs> He's he had kind of the vitilago thing going. He had like lunch with man. Michael Cohen, and he's white now, right? Isn't that true? Oh man, what a! It must be great to do it to know to never turn down a bit. You could do any bit, and it doesn't matter. People are still going to buy your stuff. They're going to stream your music and your set anyway. And you could just go put on a a mask or whatever it is. Just walk around or like a a black hood over your face. You could you could do anything you want. It, it must be an incredible existence. And it also opens up the potential for body doubles, which I think everybody, uh, uh, you know, who, who doesn't have a twin has kind of wondered, like, how could I achieve uh, some sort of uh, quality of life improvement by having a body double? And technically, I feel like Kanye is one of the people who could get away with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, uh, a lot of people think I was actually Daniel Craig's uh, body double, but that's not the case. Significantly older than me. Well, if you were listening, uh, I guess it's been two weeks since the news dropped, maybe a week and a half. Um, you know, I did let the people in on the uh, fact that my family's expecting another one here in the spring. Uh, and Congratulations. I appreciate that. And if it's not that, it might just be the whole annual physical or random things that come up from time to time that just kind of remind you that... Uh, yeah, we, we probably should make sure we've got a plan in place, um, you know, should anything ever occur. And I know this is a sports pod and sometimes we, we lead with levity, but the fact of the matter is that it makes sense to look into things like life insurance. Not always the most fun topic, but specifically things like term coverage, you probably need to have an idea of what you have going on in that world uh, because it's surprisingly affordable. Uh, so basically, why not pay a little bit each month uh, to protect your family or the ones you love? And if you're asking that question or you don't know much about it, look into ladder. 
Check it out. Ladder is 100% digital, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. If you prefer to talk to a person, their team of licensed agents, uh, they don't work on commission, so they'll help you and not upsell you. And there's no hidden fees. Cancel at any time. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. And ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A-plus by AM Best. Finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. Uh, Co-sign everything KJ said. Got a family. You know, you got to be thinking about this stuff. So go to ladderlife.com slash bang today. That's ladderlife.com slash bang to see if you're instantly approved, that's ladderlife.com slash bang. Check it out. Now, for a topic somehow less exciting, baseball is finally coming to a conclusion oh, with the World nice. Series. <laughs> I'm excited. Dude, I, I'm happy with, uh, granted, I, I've rooted against the Astros the entire way. This is a good World Series. It is. Astros are a very is, good team. A very, very good, good team. Like, I'm hoping they are, that they have a number of D of uh, bags, as Dylan might say, but they are good, a very, very good team. I'm hoping that if and when the Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year, that I don't feel mm-hmm. about watching the Cowboys like I do about watching the Astros. Like, it might happen, but the fact of the matter is, Dusty Baker with the opportunity to win another World Series, that's awesome. Um, for somebody to come in, step into an absolute PR shitstorm. And clean it all up, like regardless of what actually happened, regardless of who's involved or their response to it or their attitude about it afterwards, like coming in as the guy who you knew your team was going to absolutely have a target on their backs from day one. Now, we do know that nobody benefited more from a global pandemic than the Houston Astros by dodging fans last year, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they sustained su- success last year, five straight ALCSs and what three world series in that span. Like, you know, you ain't got to like them, but you got to respect them. So I'm excited to see they've got another shot. And this is pro well, it's, you can never say this is, this is it for them, but it's the, this is likely it for them with Correa. Um, as he is a free agent, um, and I don't know, I, the rumors are, De- I think I saw Detroit, New York, New York's always the rumor, right? <laughs> but, uh, main, the main point is not Houston, which, um, we'll see, we'll see what the front office does. They're usually, I mean, they've proven to be pretty smart with their money. Um, and then the, on the other side, we've, we've talked about, we've given Ron Washington more, more cred in the last two weeks. And I feel like any show out there, um, Either way, there's good stories either way. I mean, you can hate the Astros and love Dusty Baker. I think that's kind of where a lot of people are. Yeah, I fucked up. It's not like and, he's a lifer. Yeah, I fucked up and said uh, that he'd won before. Uh, I mean, what? Dusty Baker's been. Lost with the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Back so in, he's like, been around. Um, yeah, back in the day. But I think the fact with him and, and that, you know, he's been in the majors and managing like around for what, like 30 plus years. Uh, a baseball lifer, but not a, uh, an Astros lifer by any means, as you mentioned. Um, Eddie Rosario story and just everything that the Braves franchise has gone through this year, given the stars that we thought they would buy into and have at this point in the year, aren't the ones that are delivering. You know, uh, Robert, Robert uh, wow. 
Acuna Jr. I'm just I'm I get him and Ozuna and those names mixed up and I should not because uh, Ozuna is the one who's out for like domestic violence. Acuna Jr. is the one who tore his knee up. So losing both of them, getting uh, um, Jock Peterson in. Um, I haven't really looked into the pearl necklace thing. I look at like their claw and antlers things, and I would just like to imagine my own story about it. So mm-hmm. I like when teams have rallying cry bits like that. Uh, love it. Uh, day one claw and antler guy here. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the, uh, this, the, the great Rangers teams of uh, a decade ago um, that just broke, broke our hearts in ways that we'll never, we'll never fully understand. Um, and don't forget the Braves. Speaking of Correa, Freddie Freeman on the Braves, he's also uh, expected to be a free agent, right? He's not – I don't know. I think it's more likely he resigns uh, in Atlanta. But um, yeah. just – I mean, there's there's storylines everywhere. Um, I'm, I'm riding with the Braves, but, you know, I'm fully expecting Astros in five, but I will be pulling for the Braves. And everybody knows Freddie Freeman, first baseman, most notable for absolutely dominating the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 2023 NL CS uh, in my version of the MLB, the show somehow we pulled okay. it out and got our first title, but you know, he really, he was a thorn in our ass. Uh, that really threw me off. I, I really <laughs> thought you had some insight that I was, I was not privy to people. Don't people don't remember that. I've got uh, one and a half titles. I kind of gave up the game in the middle of the next uh, world series, but uh, let's uh, tell the good people about a name they've heard a lot of from us recently, but not in in a week or two. We're back. We're back, baby. DraftKings is back. KJ, have you been doing the, have you been doing the leagues? I have set the leagues like Ron Popel, Ron Popeil and forgot it Uh until this past week. I jumped back in and lost again, but I'll be back. I'm going to, I'm coming back for the throne. We've got another week of NFL, the NFL season. It means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL news customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets. If either team scores a point, uh, KJ, did you know that the last zero zero tie in the NFL was in 1943? So feels like it's a pretty good no brainer. If a uh, sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code WASHED. Throw down one dollar in any NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code Washed this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be twenty-one or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum five-dollar deposit and a one-dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. I need to get back in the Discord. And start talking that booty chatter again because it's been a while since I've I've I took a couple weeks off the DraftKings just wanted to you know get a fresh perspective but I'm ready I feel like I've got a great pulse I got the pulse of the NFL now. As you mentioned, the fact that we don't have sportsbook here in Texas has not stopped me of uh, having fun with it. Um, so check it out. Look for the too much dip uh, weekly league. We do games on Thursdays. And on Sunday, some are free, some have a few dollars attached to them, so you can walk off and pay for, I don't know, your uh, Chick-fil-A habit. I was going to say Cracker Barrel, but I don't know if everybody has those nearby. Um, They've got trinkets. 
They've got trinkets. That's true. That, that's very true. You know what they also have? Uh, I saw on it today. They announced that uh, Cracker Barrel will be selling a cinnamon roll pie. So it's just a plate of cinnamon rolls with like a pie crust. Uh, good, and good. it is definitely not that. on the okay list for your boy uh, in the next 30 days. But yeah, I'm going to keep my eye out for it uh, between now and then. Okay. KJ, can I, can I kick off the sports party with um, uh, an update from Dave's uh, high school group text featuring many Texas Tech alum? Well, before you do that, let me do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's go. got it. Vibin. Um, this is an update from Dave's group text, um, and I'm not telling tales out of school. I have their permission. Uh, we're talking tech next coach. Um, this is where they're at. Don't count out Bryles. Uh, they even said they're willing to talk to Mike Leach, and uh, to which mo- multiple people have pointed out, Leach is not going back there. Leach is not leaving the SEC to go back to tech, uh, especially with the the AD or the chancellor still there, right? Same guy. Yeah. Like, I think he's sued them multiple times. He's not going there. The issue that Mike Leach has is he won't coach in the state of Texas, even if it was taking the Texas job in the SEC. Uh, he won't coach in the state of Texas due to our at-will work laws uh, that basically try, allowed them to say they fired him for cause and then keep the remainder of his contract, um, whereas in his opinion – uh, there was no cause. They never really proved that there was cause. They weren't willing to, um, I guess he wasn't allowed to litigate that if there was proper cause or nobody wanted to Sovereign go to discovery. Um, and so, you know, Texas having the ability to say him as a state employee was not able to then sue the state of Texas or Texas Tech for his money is what put a, a little P in his T, if you will. So shouldn't have locked that dude in a, in a closet or whatever. Allegedly, allegedly. Okay. Sports party off often Austin hosted the world. When F one came to town, David, I don't think you were in attendance physically, but uh, I'm sure you guys talked about it a little bit on circling back. How did you take in this weekend's events? If at all, uh, I sat at home and watched it. Um, didn't do any, events just i was trying to keep it low-key i know will went i know a lot of people went um maybe next year it does look like fun i would like to like to go to the qualifying at some point but um i learned there's a lot of verstappen people out there which i i knew i just didn't know who would be the favorite here in uh, in austin and apparently he was the guy that people wanted so um he pulled it out it was a fun race uh that track hey, is what? insane he pulled out he oh. pulled it out oh okay just saying um yeah so shout out to shout out to everybody who went look like a great time check out formula bone our friend uh jared borislow's uh little vertical over at bowling media for for more on that or just hit or just text will yeah you find on tiktok if you will um something i think i may do more of in the future depending on how fat uh sports party is dip picks which we do every night or every night every thursday night on our live stream which you can find on youtube at youtube.com slash washed media at 6 30 central we'll corral each other we'll corral for about six thirds for six years, for 30 minutes or so go over the upcoming week of professional and college football games and the other urgent sports matter but the bell of the ball on thursday nights is the dip picks of year-long picks against the spread competition amongst david dylan and myself this year we've introduced the fact that the fourth seat and our picks will be filled by rotating guests sometimes listeners sometimes other people from the washed universe 
the loser of this has to have truck nuts, big shiny gold truck nuts hanging from their vehicle for 30 days. The kicker here is anyone who the guests beat is declared the loser. If the guest beats nobody, third place is a loser. After last week's games, David had an absolute terrible week. I told you. Absolute terrible week. And I should pause here and say, Jack Hammer, we, I, I'll pull his audio before Thursday. He might have went Nostradamus on us. He said there would be at least five ranked teams that lose. It would be an absolute shit show for upsets. OU almost made that come true. Uh, and then when talking about, I believe, the uh, – uh, over under for one of the games. He couldn't have been more spot on. I think it was uh, um, an NFL game. I'll pull the audio and get back to you. But he was great. It was a great guest to have. Good job. But problem is, the guests are now beating all three of us. Okay, that's embarrassing. All that's three of work. us are beating, are, are losing to the guests. They had an incredible run with big boy stacks leading up to this week where it was finally broken, uh, undefeated until this week with big boy stacks. But Jack Hammer did outdo us when it came to general picks so check us out on thursday night 6 30 for our live bs and more importantly for dip picks who knows maybe you're the guest picker sometime till then hmm. anything else we're not going to run it back no, you want to really. run it back uh, send a postcard to uh dylan.shivery at cabo.com and uh see if he can explain to you what we did on this episode odds are you've heard more of it than he has KJ, how bad did I do last week? You went two and seven. Dylan didn't hit his big boy stack, right? Nobody. The the only person that hit their big boy stack was Will, who picked a soccer game. And not only did he hit it, he picked against his own team at Manchester United for Liverpool to win. And he couldn't have been more right because Liverpool won by like five. Yes. Um, okay. So it's, it's it's more even now, but the, no big boy stacks is helping. That's correct. Good. Correction. I'm sorry. You went three and six. I had one of your games wrong. I fixed that, and you were three and six. Dylan went six and three. I went five and four on the week. The guests went four and five. Uh, but again, it's the importance of maintaining uh, consistency with either your your big boy stacks or your net picks, because I believe you and the guests were tied after last week or something. So. You're in second yes. place at 43, but it does not matter. You're still losing. Um, okay. Well, wait, did you say I'm losing? Everybody who's losing to the guest is losing. Oh, it yes, does not yes, matter. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. You're right. Um, yeah, we got to go. It looks like uh, Katie Thurston, the uh, bachelorette from last season, uh, her and her, her guy broke up, and I got to jump in and see what happened here. Well, as always, I appreciate it. Let's get the hell out of here from a business casual Monday dip. See you Thursday. Too much dip. See you Thursday. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Okay. Okay. Absolutely.